Well, hey, turn in your Bibles, if uh, if you would, this morning to Acts chapter 9. Finishing up chapter 9 this morning and, and uh, a third of the way through the book now. Now, as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived in light. And just, just a quick uh, reminder, when it says saints... Um, that's talking about followers of Jesus, anyone who's a believer. And it's not um, just the apostles. It's not uh, just people who had done certain things. It's anyone who follows uh, the Lord Jesus Christ is referred to as a saint in the Bible. That would be you and me if we're a follower of Jesus Christ. And it's, it's really this beautiful picture. It's a great word because it's a beautiful picture of what Christ has done for us. Uh, If we put our trust in Christ, if we're following Christ, then he's forgiven us our sins. And so instead of sinners, now we're referred to scripturally as saints. And that's hard. That's hard for me to kind of get in my head. I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to to get to that point where I don't want to refer to myself as a saint. Right. And I know you don't want to refer to me as a saint. And 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 I don't want to refer to a lot of you as saints. Right. But seriously, inside we have that battle. It's like, I'm a saint? And it's not because, we know, right? We know it's not because of anything I've done. It's not because of how I'm living. It's not because of, it's because of Jesus. It's because he's washed those sins away. He's washed me clean. And so in the eyes of God, Scripture refers to me as a saint. And so Peter, going from town to town and to all these churches, he ends up going um, down to the saints who lived at Lydda. And there's a, a, there's a man there who is paralyzed. And, and from what we can tell in the passage, uh, has been paralyzed for about eight years. Uh, he's been bedridden for eight years, so we'd assume that the paralysis is, is what caused him to be bedridden for the eight years. And it says that Peter went and found him there. And it says um, in verse 34, and Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. Now imagine this, okay? Um, I've tried to, I, I try to think about these things that happen in Scripture, okay? Uh, because this is a big deal probably, especially for Aeneas. Um, and, and so I, I try to imagine, here's a guy who probably knew what it felt like to have strength in his legs, Right? He probably knew what it was like for his muscles and his legs to be strong. And now for these eight years, he's been bedridden, unable to walk, unable to move. And Peter comes into his life and and, and notice what Peter says. He says, Jesus Christ heals you, immediately pointing his attention to the one who is able to heal him. Jesus Christ heals heals you and so immediately this man who's paralyzed is thinking jesus christ jesus christ and and where's the glory going to go from that when 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 it does happen is to christ and i just wonder as i think about this guy who's been laying there for eight years i mean he's been carried from here to there to here to there and for eight years he's just laid there and i just wonder did he feel that like did he feel strength going back into his legs like as he's laying there and, and he, he knew what that felt like before, did he feel strength going back into his legs? I don't know. Don't know. Don't know what caused him to be paralyzed. But one thing I do know is after Peter comes and says, Annie's, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise up and take your bed. What does he do? He gets up. He gets up. Whether he felt the strength there or not, he gets up. And here's this unbelievable miracle. We'll talk about the results of it in just a second. But it says immediately he rose up. 
immediately he finds strength in his legs and he gets up off the mat. Now imagine, and, and imagine with me if this guy had been laying there for eight years and, and Jesus says, I, I want you to get up. Or, or Peter says to him, I want you to get up. In the name of Jesus, you're healed. Jesus Christ has healed you. And I want you to get up. Now imagine if this guy looked at him and said, I don't, I don't have the gift of getting up. I don't have the gift to do that. I don't have the gift to, to, to walk. I don't have the gift to stand up. And no, I'm not going to do it. Imagine what he would have missed out on in that moment. Walking, celebrating, worshiping. He didn't respond that way. Immediately, in the name of Jesus Christ, get up and rise up and take your bed and walk. And he does it immediately. And immediately there's strength in his legs and immediately, and I try to picture what must that have been like? Because sometimes we read through the Bible and it's just like, you know, this guy Annie's is laying there and Peter comes along and he preaches again and, and again, this guy's healed and he gets up and here's another story about a guy who's healed and, and okay, let's go to the next passage. But imagine the celebration that must have taken place. I mean, it's transformation in this guy's life, right? He's not carried home. He's walking home. He's running home, probably. I mean, Jesus Christ has entered his life in an amazing way and healed him and brought him strength and brought him life that he hasn't experienced for the last eight years. And he's running home. And what's he telling people? What? And I just love the fact that as Peter addresses at the beginning, he says, Jesus Christ heals you. And the response to the healing, the response to the rejoicing or the running or the talking or whatever is in, is in verse um, 32, uh, 34 and 35. And immediately he rose and all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him and they turned to the Lord. And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him and they turned to the Lord. Do we understand like how big of a statement that is? Um, all the residents. Something happened more than just him there is glory being given to God in such a way that people knew to turn to the Lord. They just turned to Peter. They didn't turn to whatever maybe happened in, in this guy. Maybe maybe it was something in A&E's that he just, he did something. And, and no, there's something where he's responding the right way in obedience. He's worshiping God and people are looking at him and glory is being given to God. And it says all. Turn to the Lord. That's a that's a pretty big revival. You know, we've seen that in the book of Acts, right? I mean, as 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 Peter preaches in, in Acts chapter two and and people repent and it says three thousand people come to know the Lord and over and over. We see this over and over. But again, are we, do we get used to that? Do we get used to reading things where just multitudes of people who were who didn't know that there was a, a, a way that they could be forgiven their sins through Jesus Christ see something miraculous happen in someone else and they repent and turn to God for salvation? Do we get used to that? Do we get used to hearing stories about that? Do we get used to seeing that happen, especially as we read Scripture? I hope I don't do that. I know I do. At times, but I, I want to be at a place where whether I'm reading about it, whether I'm hearing about it, whatever it is. My heart just rejoices. As I find out more people know the Lord because this happened. More people worship God because of this circumstance. Now, imagine again and, and, and just quickly to think through that. How many of us have been called like Annie's? 
and, and, and God has told us to do something. In his word, he's told us to do something, and, and he's given us the strength. It's, it's always from him. If, he, if God calls me to do something, he's giving me the strength to do it. it. No doubt about it. If God says, Tony, I want you to go do this, he's going to strengthen me to do it. He's going to equip me to do it. But how many of us, unlike this guy, we just lay there. We just stay there on our bed, and we're just like, no, I'm not gifted that way. I'm not gifted to do this. I'm not gifted to talk to people. I'm not gifted to, to share with people. I'm certainly not gifted to love people. I'm not gifted to, to sing. I'm not gifted to play. I'm not gifted, whatever it is, I'm not gifted in that way. And so I'm just going to stay put right here, be comfortable, keep doing what I'm doing, just going and, and day in and day out, I'll get carried in, I'll get carried out, and just over and over and over. I just thought about that for myself. Are there things that God is calling me to And I'm just making excuses and saying, I'm not gifted that way. I'm not equipped that way. Are you making excuses like that? I'm not strong that way. If God has called you to something, if God has called you to do something or to follow him in some way, and he has, okay? Man, we have so many things right here where God says, do this or or, go here or, or whatever it is. It's time that we, we look at God's word and we look at his commands and we say, you will strengthen me if you're calling me to do this. And we get up and we do it. We follow him. We obey. It goes on in the next section. And it says that there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha. I love this passage. Um, it says there was a, a disciple named Tabitha. Now that word disciple, it means um, a disciple is someone who follows a person and their teaching. Uh, so in, in, in Scripture, when it talks about a disciple of Jesus Christ, as someone who follows Jesus and follows his teaching. Okay, uh, that's what we are called to be as a Christian. What we are are followers of Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian. And, and so we follow Jesus and we follow his teaching. And that's what Tabitha is. Uh, Tabitha is a disciple, a follower of Jesus Christ. It says she lives in Joppa and which um, her name's Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. Now it says she was full of good works and acts of charity. I want to read to you, um, and some of you may have the NIV, the New International Version. Um, it says this, she was always doing good and helping the poor. This lady Tabitha, she was always doing good and helping the poor. The New Living Translation says this, she was always doing kind things for others and helping the poor. That's that's a disciple. That's a follower of Jesus. That's a person who who is not just saying, I'm a Christian. Well, what do you believe? Well, I'm a Christian. No, as someone who's literally following Jesus so much that her life looks like Jesus. Because that's what Jesus called us to, and that's what Jesus told us to do. She was full of good work. She was always doing kind things to others, and she was serving the poor. Man. Beautiful. And here's what I love about Tabitha. We don't know anything about how she came to know Christ. We don't know her story. We don't know if it was this miraculous, unbelievable, Paul-like trans, uh, uh, transformation where she's going one way absolutely against God and then all of a sudden just God intervenes in her life and she turns. We don't know anything about that. All we know is God has impacted her so much. She loves God so much and she wants to serve him so much that her life is full of good works. 
She's always, I love that. I love that translation. She's always doing good deeds. She's always doing kind things to other people and serving the poor. That's biblical. That's what it looks like. That's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Romans 12, 13 says, contribute to the, and this is written to us, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. That's a mark of following Christ. And we see it in Tabitha. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are His workmanship, God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, Tabitha, if we look at Tabitha, we shouldn't look at that and say she's like a superhero Christian. She just must be like, Ah, she's on a different level of Christian because she's always doing kind things for others and serving the poor. There's something there because she must be like super Christian. No, no, no. She's obedient. She's been transformed by Jesus. And so she's always doing good works for others. She's always showing kindness to others and serving the poor. Hebrews 10, 24 says, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works. It goes beyond just being followers of Christ who look like Christ, who are doing good works, who are being kind to other people, who are showing kindness and serving the poor. What scripture tells us is we as a part of the body ought to be encouraging each other, not just from here to there, but as the body of Christ, we ought to be like Tabitha and encouraging each other to good works, encouraging each other to build each other up and encourage each other and to show kindness to each other and, and show good works to each other. That's what we ought to be doing as the body of Christ. That we just love each other and encourage each other and build each other up towards good works. That's Tabitha. Living a life that, that, that shows kindness to other people. It says she's serving the poor too, and 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 um, we've mentioned this passage before. But Galatians two verse ten, it's it's Paul who's writing, and he's actually talking about the account that we talked about last week, where where for three years he goes away, and then it says that finally he met with the disciples. I mean the apostles, right? He meets with the apostles, the Peter and and James and John, and these guys who walked with Jesus. And he meets with them and tells them, this is what God has called me to. He's called me to take the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, to the Gentiles. Yes, he's called you to take it to the Jews, but he's called me to take it to the Gentiles. And he meets with them. And it says in in, uh, Galatians 2.10, it says that they said to him, uh, they sent him, encouraged him, and, and sent him off. But it says, only they asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. That's the only thing the apostles reminded Paul of as they sent him out to go and minister. Only they reminded us, they asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. Tabitha is a picture of a follower of Jesus Christ. She's a picture of someone who's been transformed by Jesus so much that she says, I'm going to follow Jesus, I'm going to follow his teaching." And I'm going to show kindness to people. I'm going to do good works and, and, and I'm going to serve the poor. That's all I'm going to spend my life. It's convicting to me. We don't know anything about her except for that. That she just was transformed and she followed. And how am I responding to that? How do I, when I look at Jesus' commands to be those things, how am 
I responding to his commands? Am I responding and, 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 and saying, yes, Lord, it's just not, I don't feel like I have the strength to do that, but you called me to be, show kindness and to serve the poor. So I'm going to show kindness and I'm going to serve the poor. I'm going to be kind to others because God in his graciousness was kind to me even when I was a sinner. Even when I was far from him, he showed kindness to me by giving his son to die so that I could have eternal life. Is that how we're responding to God's grace is by transferring that to other people. Being gracious and kind and serving and loving and, and not just looking out for the good of ourselves, not just looking out for what's best for me or what's going to move me ahead or what's going to, whatever it is. But I look at others and just like Jesus said, love your neighbor as much as you love yourself. That's what Tabitha's doing. She's showing kindness. She's a disciple of Jesus. Now, here's what I want us to do, okay? Um, little class participation, all right? Stand up, all right? Because here's this woman, all right, who's following Christ, and we want to do the same thing, right? Everyone's getting a stretch right now. I want you to look at the person next to you, all right? You had to see this coming. Look at the person next to you. Just look them right at them, all right? Look at each other in the face. You'll get to say the, to the person next to you, all right? Now, I want you to repeat after me, all right? Just look at the person next to you. Don't be a dork. Don't be a dork. Be a dorkus. Right? Okay, you're going to remember that? Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad? You had to see that coming, all right? Sit down. All right? Here's the thing, though, guys. As I thought about it, man, honestly, okay, here is a woman that I want to live my life like, who's just showing kindness, who's, who's man, just... Everything that she does, and that word always, I've just sat and thought about that. She always showed kindness to others. She always loved her neighbor as much as she loved herself. That's what it says to me. That is loving God and letting his love fill us and come through us, guys. Yeah, I know it's a corny way to wake us up and, and kind of think about it, but, man, honestly, it's time we respond to that, Right? It's time that we come into the body of Christ and, and like Tabitha, we live lives that are just about God. Because when my life is about God, then, then it's about other people. And I don't just rush in and, and sit down and realize, man, I didn't, I didn't talk to anybody. I didn't love anybody this morning. I didn't, but that we we're showing kindness to those around us. And then, man, there's hundreds of others outside of this room that, and God's called us to show kindness to. There's thousands of others outside this room. God's called us to show kindness to and to love them as much as we love ourselves. And how are we living that out day to day to day? Verse uh, 37. It says, In those days, she, Tabitha became ill and, and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to, to him, urging him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them, and when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. So here's this uh, circumstance where, where Tabitha becomes ill, she dies, and, and the disciples there know that Lida is where Peter is at. They, they hear that um, Peter is in Lida, and so they send people to go get Peter and say, come come to, to Joppa quickly. And, and so he does. He, he follows them. He comes to Joppa. And, and I love this because as they, as they 
as he comes into the room, what we see is more example of her lifestyle uh, because as, as, as he comes into the room, we've got all these widows who are coming up and showing. They're weeping because of the loss of this, this lady, this, this one that loved them so much. And they're weeping as they bring all of these things, these clothing and garments that she has made for them. That's biblical. James uh, chapter 1, verse 27 says, Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. That's what Tabitha is doing. Taking care of widows, taking care of those in need. And, and here's these widows who have been so impacted by her life that they're just coming and weeping and saying, look, look uh, her kindness. Look at how she was a follower of Jesus Christ. She loved God. And look at the gifts that she and how she took care of our needs. She provided for us. And, and it says that Peter sends them all out in verse 40. says, but Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. Can you imagine being a part of those widows or those people at that house? I mean, that's something that I know that probably all of us would say, I've never experienced that before. I've never experienced someone that I love a lot die and then some guy who follows Jesus, come along and pray for them, and they come back to life. I've never seen that. I've never experienced that. Can you imagine what's going on in these people's lives? And I love where it says, um, let's see, uh, verse 40, he prays, turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, rise. She opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. Like, what's going on in her life right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, was she in heaven? I mean, Peter, uh, excuse me, Paul says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so she's absent from the body. She's dead, right? And so Peter prays and all of a sudden it says she opens her eyes. She sees Peter and she sits up. What has just happened to Tabitha? I mean, what's going on for her? And we don't know. I mean, obviously, they're not going to even speculate. But here she just opens her eyes. She sits up and she gets up and, and Peter presents her to these people again. She's alive. And the celebration, the joy, and, and what must have taken place at, at that time. And what, one of the things I want us to notice is, man, her, her lifestyle was so that, that we don't, man, it wasn't that Tabitha was some super Christian and, and, and God didn't notice that she died and, and some angel comes running up to, to God and says, man, Tabitha died. We got to do something because things aren't going to be the same. Uh, in, in Joppa anymore if she's not there and your name's not going to be glorified and all this. It's, it's not that God missed that and somehow he had to come through so he raised Tabitha from the dead so that his work could go on. It's not that at all. It was all for the same purpose that the, the paralyzed man is healed and that the paralyzed man in, in, in Acts chapter 3 is healed and, and throughout the scriptures as God does great things it always results in one thing, His glory. He's glorified, he's worshipped, he's praised. And, and imagine the response that must have taken place at this. I mean, so much, I mean, that's a worship service, right? 
Here's your friend who has served you and loved you and looked a lot like Jesus for her whole spiritual life, and she's gone. And this guy comes, and she's back alive again. And just, that's worship. That's worship. Guys, we, we need to live that way. We need to live in a way that, that if, if something happened to us, that what would the people around us say? I mean, what would the people around me, if, if something happened to my life and, and, and I was dead or gone, or what, what would the response be? What would be the things that people brought forward and said, look, 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 he obeyed scripture. He looked like Jesus. He did what God commanded him. to do. What would be those things in my life? What would be those things that people would bring forward and say, here is a picture of how he followed and served God. Here's a picture of, would it just be because my Bible is, is worked in because I preach out of it? Would it just be because, because I, I, I was a pastor? Would, would people just point and say, well, look, he puts pastor in front of his name. He must have been a follower of Jesus. He must have been this. He must have been that. He attended this church pretty regularly. He must have been this. Or is there things in my life, circumstances in my life, kindness in my life, love in my life that's being poured out and shown to other people so much that if I was taken out of the picture, the response would just be, you got to see how this guy followed Jesus. He looked like Christ. And what are those things in our life? What are the things that people are going to bring forward and say he obeyed, he followed, he was he was full of good works. She was full of good works. She was full of compassion. He was full of compassion. Compassion that would only come from Jesus. Not, not just normal like saying hi on the street. Or This guy loved me. This guy cared about me. This guy started conversations with me and, and talked to me and was there for me when I was hurting. This, this lady was there for me. She, she prayed for me. She gave gifts to me when I was in need. What are those things that make us look so much like Christ that if we were taken out of the picture, people would just come and say, look, you followed Jesus. She followed Jesus. It's funny to me how um, so often, you know, we look at Tabitha and she's a follower of Jesus. I mean, that's what disciple means. She's She's following Jesus. She's following his example. She's following his teaching, the things that he said for her to do. She's following. And, and you look at kids when they play follow the leader, right? You know, my kids, if they play follow the leader, um, it's pretty obvious if, if someone doesn't get it, right? If kids are playing follow the leader, pretty obvious. The kid that's running around picking his nose in the corner is losing, right? I mean, he doesn't get the idea of follow the leader or he just gave up or he just quit or whatever it was. He's not following the leader anymore. It's obvious, you know. I mean, think of that in the band. If, if, if we were playing this morning and, and, and Jimmy starts playing some different song and some different tempo or some whatever else, it's, it's just noisy and it's just like that, that guy's not following anymore. He's doing something, but it's just, he's not, it's obvious, right? It's obvious to us when people aren't following the leader. You know, if we all played follow the leader this morning, and and some of you are just like, I'm not not standing up and saying dork or dorkus. I'm not going to walk around the room and follow people. This is church. If we did that and some of us just sat down, right? It would be obvious those people who weren't playing, right? But how come we don't, 
How come we don't say that when it comes to following Jesus? How come we're not honest about that when it comes to following Jesus? I mean, we look at Tabitha, and it's obvious she's a follower of Jesus. She looks like Jesus. And a follower of Jesus is someone who listens to what he says, follows him, and follows his teaching. And so how come we don't play by the same rules that kids understand when it comes to following Jesus? And we see people come in and out of church, in and out of church. And what's our response? Follower of Jesus. The follower of Jesus. He's a follower of Jesus. She's a follower of Jesus. Well, why? Because Jesus always just walked in and out of church. That's what he did. That's how he spent his 33 years. That's why he got killed. He's coming in and out of church all the time. In and out, in and out, in and out. We're not fair. We're not honest. We ought to look at people and, and be able to see. People ought to look at me and be able to look and say, he's a follower of Jesus. Well, why do you say that? Because he looks like Jesus. He talks like Jesus talked. He does every single thing that he can see Jesus has called him to do. He does it. When Jesus tells him to go, he just gets up and goes. And, and, and when Jesus tells him to talk to people, he just talks to people. And he, he's not even good at it. He just does it because Jesus said to do it. We're not fair that way, are we? We're not fair with ourselves that way. We don't look at ourselves and evaluate and see, do people evaluate me and say, he looks or she looks a lot like Jesus. She must be his disciple. It's interesting. We're going to talk about this passage in a couple weeks. But if you look over in um, chapter 11, at the end of verse 26, talking about the church in Antioch, and we've got a lot more things we're going to talk about about that too. So I'm going to steal from that. At the end of verse 26, it says, And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. You know what it doesn't say? In Antioch, the disciples decided to call themselves Christians. People looked at them and thought, they look like Christ. They look like little Christs. They look like Christ followers. And so they called them Christians because of what they looked like, what they acted like, what they talked like, how they obeyed. They were called Christians by the people looking at them. They didn't call themselves Christians. I just wonder if that's how we evaluate ourselves. If that's honestly looking at our own life, are we are we honestly evaluating and saying, I'm a Christian because I love Jesus. And I'm not perfect. Man, I'm not perfect. And I'm not talking to you about, man, letter of the law and, and, and you got to be perfect. And No, no, no. I love Jesus Christ. And my life is about Him. My life is for Him. And to the best of my ability with Him living inside of me and empowering me, I'm going to live for Him and I'm going to obey Him. I'm going to follow him because I'm a disciple of him. That's what I see in Tabitha. That's what I see in her life. Verse 42 finishes it up. Verses 42 and 43 says, And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. And I can imagine that, right? That's life change. Weren't you dead? Weren't you dead yesterday? 
I'll follow. Whoever did that, I'll follow. And so, man, she's back. And just, again, God does something miraculous. Why? So that he's glorified. So that he receives attention. So that people praise him. You remember when Lazarus died? Same sort of thing. Jesus finds out that Lazarus is sick. Remember, it's in, in, uh, in Luke chapter, or John chapter 11. He finds out that, that Lazarus is sick and he says to his disciples, this illness does not lead to death. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. That's the reason Lazarus died. Jesus said, this is for the glory of God. The healing of Tabitha is for the glory of God. My salvation is for the glory of God. And the response to my salvation should be the same as the response to the healing of Tabitha. I should respond in such a way that God is glorified through it. That people see that and glorify God through it. Because there's transformation and and eyes are pointed not to me but to him. Eyes weren't pointed to Tabitha. Eyes weren't pointed to to Peter who who prayed and God answered. They're pointed to God and, and again many people turn to the Lord. That's that's the way I want my life to look look like. That's how I want to live. That's how I want to live my life. Is that I just Jesus? I love you. And I want to be your disciple. I want to be your follower. I want to follow you, and I want to follow your teaching. I want you to transform me into a person who obeys what you say because I'm following your teaching. Let me pray, Father. Thank you so much for your grace and your mercy and your goodness. And and Lord, I just I pray, Lord, I just. I pray for sincerity in my heart that I don't just label myself a Christian, Lord. It's because of your grace that I'm forgiven. It's because of your mercy that I have life. God, it's because of your love, which you demonstrated while I was still a sinner, that Christ died so that I could be forgiven for all of the wrong things I've ever done, for all the things I'm, I'm going to do. You've forgiven. You've offered that in Jesus. And Lord, just help us to be followers of You. Help us to look at this gift that You've offered us and that You've given us freely and respond giving glory to You by living for You, by following You, Jesus, just like You called us to. Give us hearts that want you more than anything else in this life. And let it look like Tabitha. Let it look like this woman who who was so in love with you and so transformed by you that the people noticed that her life was full of good works, filled with love for other people, filled with, with time serving the poor and giving to those in need, Lord. Lord, we know if you would transform us, if we would follow you in that sort of way, that when we read lines in Acts where many people turned and believed, we know that that would not seem so far-fetched if we just lived for you. That if people saw your spirit and your power alive and at work in us, if we lived like forgiven people, who have been set free from sin and and set free to follow their Savior and obey Him and, and live for Him to bring Him glory and honor. 
that many would be surprised and turn to you, Lord. I pray for that, Lord. I pray that even as we talked about last week, that we would, we would walk in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort and in the joy of the Holy Spirit that you have placed inside of us to prove, to guarantee that we are forgiven and we have eternal life. That we would walk in that, Lord. And I know, I know everything I'm saying, it's going to come from you. It comes from you. I just pray that you give us hearts that surrender to you, Lord, that open to you, God, that, that, that long and do follow you, God. We pray for that in Jesus' name. Amen.